Welcome to the First Love Podcast from the First Presbyterian Jacksonville, Illinois. Our address is 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, zip code 62650. You can call us at 217-245-4189 or email us at office at firstpresjax.org. That's office at f-i-r-s-t-p-r-e-s j-a-x dot o-r-g you can also visit us for our live services on our facebook page at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks slash our website is www.firstpresjacks dot o-r-g that's www.firstpres J-A-X dot O-R-G. Today's service is the third Sunday of Easter, April 26, 2020. Our guest pianist today is John Love. His opening selection is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. First hymn is 839, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. The second hymn is 475, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. The final hymn is 526, Let Us Talents and Tongues Employ. Reverend Jonathan Warren's sermon title today is At the Cross. We pray that you are safe and healthy and have had a good week. We pray that you have a great week coming up. God bless and enjoy the service. Good morning. I'd like to especially welcome all those worshiping with us. For those joining on Facebook Live, if you haven't already, tell us you're here. And for any outside of Jacksonville, tell us where you're from. The Facebook algorithm, I said earlier, uh, rewards engagement. So that's what we'll be doing during worship today, since it goes a long way to get more viewers. You can comment with amen or likes, or hearts, after hymns, special music, children's time, sermon prayers. Today, I'm so excited about John Love playing special music for us today. John is from Arnsville and graduated from Triopia High School and Illinois College. When not in quarantine, he's a full-time musician in Chicago and works as a musical director for the Second City's National Touring Company. We're so glad he's here with us today. Next Sunday, May 3rd, we will have virtual communion, which means you have to prepare communion elements ahead of time at home. I invite you to have bread or substitute like crackers and juice or substitute like wine or water ready ahead of worship for next week. Then during worship, after I pray and bless the elements in worship, I'll invite you to eat the bread and drink the cup together. I invite you to look at the prayers and announcements at the end of your bulletin. During our opening music, I invite you to comment about where you have seen or experienced God this week. Let us worship God. Please join me in the call to worship printed in your bulletin. Stay with Christ, and Christ will stay with you. Listen for God, and God will speak. Seek the Spirit, and the Spirit will be revealed. For the Spirit is already here, inviting us to stay. 
Come here to the font, and we are invited to share our confession with one another. We come here broken before God, sharing our sins with one another, sharing them with God. Let's join together in our prayer of confession together. Holy One, we long to recognize your presence, but the journey can be confusing. In the midst of our confusion, reveal yourself with grace and love. We yearn to hear your voice, but noisy distractions surround us daily. Cut through the distractions that overwhelm us and bring us the clarity of your wisdom. We desire to touch the living water of your mercy and forgiveness. Grant us this life-giving water and the power of your enduring word that we may know your forgiveness each and every day. In the name of the risen Christ, we pray. Amen. Let us silently confess our sins to God. Amen. Christ is with us along the journey. Sometimes it's hard to see that Christ is here beside us. Christ always comes to our side and our aid, sprinkling us clean, forgiving us, and loving us. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Amen.
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Our first scripture reading comes to us from Acts chapter 2, verses 14a. Our first scripture reading comes to us from Acts chapter 2. Let us listen to the word of God. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raises his voice and addressed them. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel... Know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized that day. About 3,000 people were added. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I didn't know what a friend we have in Jesus could be played like that. 
Wonderful. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for sharing with us on this Sunday morning. Let us listen to our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. Their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that had taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of the group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road? While he was opening the scriptures to us, that same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At this time, I'd like to get all the children uh, attention so we can have a children's message. I think I can do it from here. Okay. Hi, guys. So I wanted to tell you a little message about this story. So we've just heard them walking with these two friends. Jesus uh, is kept hidden from them so they can't recognize who he is he's just a stranger while they're walking and they're walking and walking and walking there and they meet the stranger and it's jesus they don't know that it's jesus but they tell him about what's just happened and they're kind of sad they're worried because they had just uh, seen jesus die and they're really sad and hurt and I was thinking about us. Right now, uh, we're in our homes, away from school and away from uh, some of our friends. And some of our parents, some of us, might feel sad, just like these disciples as they walk. And I was thinking, I was asking my girls if I could borrow their shoes, and they showed me that they could. These are Hannah's tennis shoes. And every day, as long as it's not raining, we didn't get to go out yesterday, but today we're going out and we're going to go walking. 
And sometimes on our walk, it's nice. We get to see other things than our, just our house and our people. We get to see uh, more people than just our family. Sometimes we feel sad when we're walking. But I was thinking about uh, these disciples. They uh, didn't know that Jesus was beside them until much later. And he was there. They, f- they finally discovered that he was there all along with them. And on our walks, when we go walking as a family, you might see this too, all kinds of hearts on windows. And the nice thing about these hearts is that it means we're not alone, that we're not by ourselves, that there's so many people walking on this journey with us. And while we might be sad now, we're together. And Jesus is right with us all along. We've even put some of these hearts on our church building. So if you walk near our church or if you drive by the church, you might be able to see them in the windows, reminding you that Jesus is here. So every time you take a walk, I want you to look at those hearts and think about the people in those homes, but also think about Jesus, that he's right there with you and he loves you and he's on this journey with you, even if you're sad. Now let's wiggle those fingers. Let's wiggle, 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 and put them together and say an echo prayer. Dear God, we thank you that you love us. Sometimes we feel sad when we're on a walk. And we pray that you remind us that you are always with us that we see the hearts and are reminded of your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. These days have changed us dramatically. I've seen people bring backyard patio furniture in their front yards and striking up conversations with complete strangers. And we're Midwesterners. We're not used to these things. I've seen more people walking around our neighborhood than I have ever in my whole life. I even wrote part of the sermon sitting in my driveway just for a change of scenery. I've seen folks who I didn't even realize lived in my neighborhood walking. Now, a few have smiles on their faces, but mostly there's a lot of folks who are preoccupied. They look tired and stressed. Now, our family, like I just said, takes a walk daily to get out of the house to see something, anything different. In today's scripture text, we find two disciples, Cleopas and an unnamed companion, walking to Emmaus. Originally, they'd come to Jerusalem where they uh, followed the Messiah who had promised redemption and release from captivity. But all those promises vanished when Jesus was crucified on a cross. Three days later, still hoping and waiting, they heard from the woman who went to the tomb that Jesus' body was missing. But what did that mean? It seems for these disciples that Easter doesn't come In three days, while the stone's been rolled away, they're lingering in the tomb. Later, they're walking away from Jerusalem, and each step they take feels heavier than the last. As one scholar says, they're walking on the road of broken dreams. And a stranger joins them in their walk. We know who this stranger is, but they don't. I would imagine some might wonder why God would choose to be hidden from these disciples, especially in this time of distress, on this road of broken dreams. It feels like a cruel joke. The embodiment of their hope is walking beside them, and they have no idea. Is their eyesight failing because of their misery? Are their wounded hearts blinding them? 
Why is Jesus hidden from them? Now, we can choose to enter the story from a distance, knowing full well that it's Jesus, or we can choose to be vulnerable, to insert ourselves into this story, taking the place of Cleopas's unnamed traveling companion. I would imagine it might not be too difficult to take that place. These days have felt like we're on this unending road of broken dreams. Our hearts are heavy and filled with so many unknowns. This year was not the Easter any of us wanted. There weren't any large family gatherings in our homes for Easter dinner. I stood in this church building looking out, preaching to empty pews and a video camera instead of a full sanctuary. Yes, we know like these disciples that the tomb is empty, but when we take our walks each day, it feels like we're walking on a road of broken dreams. For we too are grieving and we're carrying heavy things on our shoulders. And even though someone has told us that Jesus is not in the tomb, it's hard at times to believe that Jesus is with us on this journey. Maybe our eyesight's failing because of the misery of this pandemic. Maybe our wounded hearts are blinding us. And as we take our walks each day, we linger in the empty tomb behind. And so we keep walking on this road of broken dreams, wondering when it will ever be over. At the beginning of November, Siobhan and I left my ki the kids with my mom, and we took a day trip along the meeting of the rivers. The plan was to start at Père Marquette State Park, have a picnic, then enjoy the fall leaves and shops along the Illinois and Mississippi rivers. Père Marquette was lovely. It was the first really cold day of the season, so we decided to have our picnic in the car. We looked out over the river, listening to Siobhan's favorite Garth Brooks CD. And suddenly, the CD stopped playing. I realized it was a mistake to turn off the engine to play the music. The battery in my car died. Luckily, we found somebody to jump our car. We sped past those autumn leaves, past those cute shops, on our way to Alton's Walmart for a new battery. Ninety minutes later, we looked at each other and said, Now, what do we do? Our journey no longer filled with a beautiful walk and shopping along the river. I remembered on our drive along the river, Siobhan pointing out a giant statue of the Mother Mary. The GPS showed it was only 20 minutes away, so off we went to the Missouri side of the river to find this statue. It was a sad journey. As we neared the town, we could see the damage of the summer flooding, ruined houses, some of them abandoned. Then about 500 yards from the statue, there was a giant road-closed sign. The water was up over part of the road, and beyond that, we saw a sidewalk that led straight to the statue who was looking out over the water. I was eyeing the road-closed sign. This one romantic day seemed to be fraught with trial after trial. In our Bible story, the stranger who joins the disciples on their walk asks them what they're talking about. It says in verse 17, they stood still looking sad. They're at a crossroads where Jesus' question stops them dead in their tracks, and they have a choice. They could easily stay silent. Or they could pull this stranger in. And they don't choose silence, but instead they pull him in, telling him of their pain and struggles and grief. That's when the stranger tells them that their story is the same as God's story. A fundamental pattern of the entire Bible is life emerging out of death. Out of the original chaos, God creates life. From slavery in Egypt, God brings freedom and homeland. 
from the destruction of the exile comes a renewed people. God's story is of life emerging out of death. Eventually, today's walk of broken dreams comes to a close, and these disciples finally reach their home. They're intrigued by this stranger. If God's story is their story, hope and life will emerge. But where is it? Why can't they see God yet? The one they met at the crossroads gives them a solid understanding of Jesus' death and resurrection. But something's still missing. So they invite this stranger to stay with them. And Christ joins them at the dinner table. And Jesus takes the bread. And he blesses it. And he breaks it. And he gives it to them. And this broken bread nurses their broken faith. Their eyes are finally opened, giving them courage and life to leave their broken dreams behind, for they finally discover that Jesus was with them all along. God's story is their story, and it was at the crossroads where everything changed. Their destination is now no longer a place on the map. It's at the crossroads that their destination changed from where to who. Their destination is now in him, in Jesus Christ. These once weary travelers suddenly feel alive. It gives them so much energy that they run in the moonlight of Easter all the way back to Jerusalem to share God's story, their story of life to death. Now, they don't know where Jesus will lead them next on this journey. That might be scary for some but not for them because God's story is now their story filled with life from death and filled with bread for the journey. When Siobhan and I were on the bank of the river, we were sitting in the car looking at that road closed sign. We too were at a crossroads. Siobhan, who always follows the rules, said, let's leave the car here and walk. We got past the water-filled road and made it to the sidewalk. From a distance, we couldn't see that the sidewalk was caked in river mud. Gross, wet, slimy river mud. Siobhan was determined to keep going. The mud was thick and gross, edging up around our shoes. It was slippery, but we kept trudging on. Halfway there, the mud got wetter and deeper on the sidewalk, pulling on our shoes, oozing over the tops of them. I looked ahead, the mud was only getting thicker and thicker, and I decided we had gone far enough. So I literally turned back. Similarly, everything in our world has stopped with COVID-19. Children didn't even get to clean out their school desks. Teens still have their favorite tennis shoes and their gym lockers. It's as if The world hit a gigantic pause button. And just like the disciples, we too are at this crossroads. And Jesus leaves space for us to choose what to do next. We're on this road filled with broken dreams, but where we go from here is up to us. Do we move forward or do we retreat? Now, Siobhan really wanted to see the front of the statue. We've come this far, she said, but... We can't see her face. The battery, the closed road, this river mud was not going to stop her. She was so determined that I turned back toward the statue to walk with her. And we finally made it. The face of Mary was beautiful and serene, looking over the waters of the river. We sat together holding hands with muddy shoes dangling over the Mississippi River looking at the bluffs, at the golden fall leaves on the other side of the car, zipping by on the highway on the other side of the water. 
I hadn't seen Siobhan that determined for a long time. We made it together. And it was beautiful. It's here at the crossroads that we discover that our destination can change from where to who. That's why our session decided to do something we've never done before, to share communion virtually next week. Each is asked to prepare bread and juice or substitutes like crackers and water ahead of time. This is where I see God's story becoming our story, where we see life coming out of death. Certainly this Easter was not the one we wanted or planned, but this week as we prepare the bread and the cup in our homes, we're preparing ourselves for our destination to be in him, in Jesus Christ giving us courage and life to leave our broken dreams behind, giving us bread for the journey, not knowing where Jesus will lead us next, but knowing that it's full of beauty and life, and we can do it together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now let us join together in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Now we join together in our pastoral prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. God, of all times and places, we cannot stop talking about the painful events we have witnessed this week. We speak constantly of the suffering brought on by this pandemic. We talk about the economic, physical, mental, spiritual, and psychological distress all over the globe. We debate the merits and risks of reopening our country. We cannot turn away from the anxiety that feels ever-present. We know you hear our voices and our supplications. We give you thanks that you do not leave us alone on this journey. As the risen Christ comes alongside us, we now pour our hearts, unashamed to share exactly how we feel and what we fear in this moment. We rest in your sure presence as we share with you now our thoughts and worries, hopes and doubts. God of all times and places, tell us again the story of salvation. Bring to our minds the countless times you have not allowed the storms of this life to overtake us. As the risen Christ comes alongside us now, having heard your word, having shared your bread, we recognize our Lord alive and showing us the way, your story is our story. And you do indeed make all things possible, defeating evil, overcoming death, restoring us to right relationship with you and one another. And now we lift up those people who need your tender touch and healing. We lift up those who need your love and mercy. Send us to those places in deepest need of your love. Hear our voices and shouts of praise as we proclaim that we have seen the Lord, that he is risen indeed, that we are not and will never be alone. We make our prayer in the name of one who taught us to say when we pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So far, we have half of our Easter mission challenges met, the Jacksonville Public School Foundations and the daycare. So I encourage you to continue supporting our Jacksonville Area Community Center and spreading. Thank you. 
Now let's dedicate these gifts to God by saying the prayer of dedication together. Living Christ, bless the gifts we bring with the power of resurrection and hope. Amen. Christ brings hope every hour and every day. Christ's story is our story. From death to life. And now let us receive the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the bond of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Before we begin the music, I would encourage you, especially during the postlude, to share where you are going to give to God this week, how you are going to share the hope of Christ with one another. <laughs> 